Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Talkin' Jacks. On this episode, we were joined by the Rapids Rabbi to talk about all things Colorado independence. Um, I say that because the Colorado Rapids and Charlotte Independence have this uh, hashtag one club affiliation, and we kind of dove into that. We talked a little bit about Enzo Martinez. Uh, we talked about Joel Johnson and, and other uh, potential loanees to Charlotte, and then just the overall relationship. It was a great interview. Uh, we'll get to it in just a minute. But first, got a couple things to tell you about. Talking Jacks is a member of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, and as a member of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network of podcasts, we are sponsored and powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm sure most of you have heard of Ortho Carolina listening to us, but if you haven't, Ortho Carolina is your local uh, orthopedic specialist, and if you have any needs, orthopedic or sports medicine, anything like that, uh, absolutely, you know, go to Google, type in Ortho Carolina near me, they'll take good care of you, whether it's a uh, swollen knee from taking a kick in the uh, Winter Cup or maybe even uh, just if you injured your pride from getting nutmegged by a 14-year-old. Also, I want to tell you about Soccer and Sweet Tea's brand new Patreon page. If you are interested in becoming a patron of Soccer and Sweet Tea and by extension Talking Jacks, please go to SoccerAndSweetTea.com. And I think there's a link to the Patreon. If not, go to patreon.com and search for Soccer and Sweet Tea there. Uh, there's some great perks. We'll dive into that more uh, when we start producing more written content for, the, for uh, Soccer and Sweet Tea. So thank you for putting up with our um, ads and sponsors. It's uh, a new thing that we're introducing this season. I hope it doesn't turn you off. With that being said, Ben, do you have anything to say before we dive right into this interview? A lot of good content. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, keep your ears open, open mind. A lot of good things. Even I learned as a, a pretty couple years Independence fan. There was a lot of uh, new things that we discovered. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll just play that right now. All right. Well, we're here with uh, the Rapids Rabbi, and uh, we've got plenty to talk about as there's plenty of Charlotte Independence and Rapids crossover news here in this preseason. Uh, ben, uh, would you like to kind of introduce our guests to our new listeners? Yeah, well, not new listeners, but li new listeners and old. Yeah, there you go. This is uh, the Rapids Rabbi that was uh, gracious enough to uh, grace the podcast, I guess you could say. Um, we're happy to have him. He's a, a writer on Burgundy Wave, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he specifies in the, the Rapids, of course, given his name. But we're going to talk about the affiliation, some Enzo Martinez news, Joel Johnson, and just kind of have a conversation about the affiliation, yeah. Yeah, so I, I thanks, guys. Uh, it's great to be on your podcast. I'm really excited. Um, I've been following Charlotte for a number of years, always just to see what's coming up the pipeline for us or, or who's going down. I've been writing for Burgundy Wave for... I think this is either my fourth or fifth season and i've been writing way too much for what i get paid for sure but uh <laughs> at this point at this point it's kind of like uh you know really a really old goalkeeper in mls where you're not trying to you're not keeping track of shutouts you're really more just keeping cap track of games it's like uh gg yes, buffon yes. gg buffon just passed 500 uh games in goal for juventus and i just passed 450 articles for for burgundy wave which seems like a big deal except some days i'll write three articles so who knows but anyways yeah it's, it's great to be with you guys so uh the first thing we really want to talk about was was your article that you wrote i guess last week um about enzo and joel johnson uh being on trial at uh the rapids it was you had some really interesting quotes from the coaching staff uh, could you kind of elaborate on what they were saying uh, especially about enzo martinez it seems like they were really high on him Sure. So Brian Crookham is uh, the Senior Development Academy Director for the Rapids. He generally keeps an eye on U23 and below. Um, he's very involved in um, kind of loan moves uh, and keeping an eye on his, I would say Brian, Brian, at any given time, you can ask him where a kid from the Rapids Academy is in college, how many minutes they played, how they're doing. Um, so Brian is, is really the, the guy who knows what's coming up. Um, and 
Colorado drafted five players in the Super Draft um, and lost two immediately to Europe. And um, on top of that, it seems like the transfer window has been kind of wonky for the Rapids. They've done really well at pulling in center backs, but they've lost a lot of midfielders and strikers. So going into training camp, um, it seemed like there was a dearth of those positions. It seems like for the last couple of years, the Rapids have always had a kind of an open deal with um, Charlotte to make sure that any player on the Charlotte roster who looks really, really good in the previous season is going to get invited to training. Sometimes it feels more like a courtesy than it does um, an, an honest invitation. I remember a couple of years ago, um, uh, Slogic came. Um, and he, I believe he was originally drafted by the Rapids, so there's obviously a reason for that. Um, and then either last year or the year before, Jan Ekra was in camp with the Rapids in San Diego. And he played great. I mean, I, he had a total golazo uh, on a game that I watched against the Japanese squad. Um, but they didn't wind up picking him up. So, um, so it was hard to tell whether the relationship between – for a player for Charlotte was um, – was real or whether it was really just why don't you send us our best player and they can see what an MLS caliber is. Um, so I was thinking for a number of years that it was like a courtesy. And then this year, um, the Rapids in their first preseason game, which was either against Columbus or SKC, I forget, um, released their roster. They, they didn't stream the game. They really kept it on the DL. They really didn't uh, elaborate much. But they mentioned that Enzo Martinez and Joel Johnson were up with the team. And I thought, well, this is something to explore. So I reached out to the Rapids, and they said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you an interview. And so I talked to um, Brian Crookham, and, and Brian spent – I think this is all you really need to know about Enzo. He spent five minutes talking about how great Enzo Martinez is and what he could offer the Colorado Rapids. He spent about 30 seconds on Joel Johnson. So – um, following that, Enzo has played in every single um, scrimmage the Rapids have had. They had their third today, um, and he got on the field. Joel Johnson has played in zero of the scrimmages. I think I take that back. He may have had 30 minutes in one. But considering his position, which is kind of a right wing, right back, um, the Rapids are pretty full up at that spot. Um, Enzo Martinez, on the other hand, is a player and a type of player that Colorado does not have and really needs and would like not to have to pay a lot of money for. Yeah, we kind of picked up on the, the difference between Joel Johnson's time in the article and, and Enzo Martinez. Uh, and we kind of noticed that the, the roster was pretty stacked at, at right back or right, right wing back. Um, it, it, I mean, Marlon Harrison, I think, pretty much has that starting position locked down if I'm not mistaken. Uh, For sure. Yeah, he's going to be the right back. On the left side, it's definitely Edgar Castillo. Mm -hmm. um, the Rapids have a couple other options on the left wing back position. Um, obviously, everyone is assuming the Rapids are playing a 5-3-2 or a 3-5-2 or however you want to call it. That changes a lot. I mean, that, that really changed. It was really weird to kind of think, like, oh, my God, our whole roster is different just because the formation is different. Because every left mid suddenly becomes a left back and every la left back suddenly becomes a left mid. And if you, if you aren't, if you're a player who has no defensive chops whatsoever or no experience on defense, then the question becomes, well, now what the hell do we do with you? So like a great example of that was, um, Stefan Eigner, who last year was really a right mid. Um, and it was pretty clear, you know, talking to the staff on the team that they were going to have to move him inside. Um, so, you know, you've got to have speed and buckets and be able to defend. Um, and that's Harrison, uh, behind Harrison is probably Eric Miller. Uh, he doesn't really offer a lot in offense and that's probably why Joel Johnson got a shake, which was the Rapids just don't have a lot of depth at, at right back. I, I still don't think he's likely to stick with the team. Right. Cause I think he would also take up an international slot, um, as well, which probably hurts yeah. his chances. That's there. Are, there are a number of pundits who think that's a big deal. I'm not one of them. I think, in general, an international slot can be had from an MLS team for fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in targeted allocation money. 
Your dog agrees. Your dog fully agrees. <laughs> um, uh, so, so I, I'm not a big, big one of them. And then there's two uh, kind of, there's one big, I wouldn't call it a secret, but there's one kind of open secret um, for the Rapids, which is that they have nine international players and seven slots, and they're likely to um, convert one of their international players to a green card player in the next couple weeks. Um, and that's um, Dominic Baji, who has been living in the U.S. for, I think, seven years now. Um, so, so that helps. Uh, and then the, one of their other international players, Declan Wynn, is, and this leads into something else we should talk about, which is um, Declan Wynn is probably not going to stick with the club. Uh, he's a, a talented but very young and inexperienced New Zealand international, um, and he's a a left wing back um, at, and the Rapids already have a couple guys who slot in at that spot. So interesting. Okay, I know he was one uh, that kind of got a little bit of time on our radar, I guess, when yeah. he first was signed, because mm-hmm. uh, he played a lot. I forget which team he played for, but I think he played a lot of USL minutes last season. Yeah, he played, I think, for Sounders two or Timbers two, one of the two. Yeah. One of the two twos. Yeah, one of the two twos. One of those Cascadian teams I don't like. Yeah. Well, uh, did you have anything else, Ben, that you wanted to hit before we get into the Twitter questions? I know I have at least uh, one one question. Yeah, let's go right to your okay, question. Uh, we, the news kind of just came across about uh, Mike DeFont, and I don't know yeah. if, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not. No, you got it. Okay, because he was just loaned to Phoenix Rising. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about him? And maybe why he was loaned elsewhere than Charlotte? Um, that I mean, it gets into a bigger question about all the players the Rapids have loaned to other teams in the past, and then all onto the relationship. But we'll we'll kind of try and keep it simple. Yeah, Mike Defont had a rough year for the Rapids last year. They slotted him in as kind of a utility defender. He played right back. He played center back. He played left back. He played all of them poorly. Uh, he <laughs> was okay. was really. Uh, and he came from Sacramento the year before uh, he, they pulled him from Sacramento after a, a good May and a good, a good career, um, with Sacramento. He's a, he's an interesting guy. He's a, he's a, um, he's a great story. Uh, I won't go on and on about him, but, um, he played for Red Bulls too. Uh, he washed out quickly and in order to play in UPSL and in the lower tiers, he literally was couch surfing and sleeping in his car for like about a year. Um, so legit like homeless in order to be a soccer player. And then he got tied on to some, uh, agent who sent him to a, either a second or a third division Portuguese team. And he did two years in the Portuguese second division. And then he, then he came back to play with Red Bulls too. And then, Sacramento signed him and then the Rapids picked him up. So he's a great story, but he's, he, he's impetuous. Um, he would get out of position and then he would foul. And that was kind of, that was kind of his trademark. Like he would give you 87 good minutes of soccer and three disastrous minutes. And he would give you, he would hack a player down in the box. He would hack a player down for a free kick um, he would get on a yellow early. He 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 made he did he made poor emergency defending decisions. Anyways, so long story short, um, consider it a gift that you dot that is Mike Defont. He is he's fine and he probably would be a good solid right back. I think the Rapids threw him in to make him play left back to make him play center back and it, it didn't work. Um, Phoenix, you know, and, and we'll talk more about it when we talk about some other players, but the Rapids have been loaning players to a variety of teams for a variety of reasons, which we'll talk more about. Um, they have, they, they loaned a player to Phoenix last year. Um, they've also had a regular deal loaning players to um, Colorado Springs. So, um, and we could talk about why the Rapids might decide to loan a player to one of those teams at any given time. I mean, we can go right to that right now. So uh, it's a it's a really good question. Um, the the simple thing I think that's most important, 
and it it talks a little bit about the the good relationship that Charlotte and the Rapids have and why Charlotte and the Rapids are affiliates as opposed to say a team that's much closer like Colorado Springs. Um, what the Rapids and I've spoken to the um, technical staff about this. What the Rapids want to see in a loan deal is that a player gets minutes. And the reciprocal of that is that what Charlotte wants is to have a player that the Rapids are going to send to Charlotte and let him play 15 games without yanking him back and forth. So very simply put, the Rapids will send a player to Charlotte if they think he's going to be there for 15 games or if they want to stash him there for a while. And the Charlotte technical staff can tell the Rapids he will get minutes. He will start. He will play. Right. Caleb Calvert is a great example. The Rapids did not think they were going to need Caleb unless they really needed to yank him up. Um, he played a little at the beginning of the season last year. He made some really silly mistakes. He had one catastrophic game in Philadelphia where he played well, got a goal, got a yellow card, got fouled, um, seemed to be hurt, rolled off the pitch, then re-entered the pitch without going around to the fourth official, which drew him a second yellow and got him sent off. And that was like basically it for his 2017 rapid season. I mean, it was kind of a crazy beginning. But anyways, point being, I think Colorado said, all right, this is a kid. He's 19 years old. We don't need him. Uh, we want him to get some minutes and to become experienced. That's why you send him to Charlotte. Um, on the other hand, um, they have a couple players over the last couple of years where they really wanted to send them to Colorado Springs. And that's basically because in the event of an emergency, they want someone close by or because, for instance, I think in um, so Ricardo Perez, uh, Ricky, um, uh, Ricky Perez was a homegrown for the Rapids, really talented number 10 for Creighton, um, wonderful player. I think he he's just I, I love the way he plays. He's he's just a very calm number 10. Um, he wasn't going to start for you guys. He was going to back up Enzo Martinez and maybe play 10 minutes at the end of the game. And the Rapids didn't want that. But Colorado Springs didn't really have a good number 10. So they sent him there and he got more minutes. So I think it has to do with the individual fit of like, do the, does the player is the player likely to spend a lot of time down with the USL team? If they play with the USL team, will they start every game? Um, another good example of that was um, Joe Greenspan. Uh, Joe got loaned to Colorado Springs probably for two reasons. One, the Rapids really needed another center back on call very close by in case of injury. Uh, and number two, they really needed a center back and they were going to use him every game. And I'm not so sure that that was the arrangement, that that was the deal with Charlotte. But it's really clear that the Rapids technical staff feels far more confident and comfortable with the Charlotte technical staff than with any other team in Major League Soccer. That's really good. It's good to know. That's a lot of good information that you provided there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's important to, it's, it's, it's very much thought of by both technical staffs as a relationship. Um, and no, neither team wants to feel like they're getting dumped on, right? The Rapids would feel dumped on if a player didn't play. Charlotte would feel dumped on if, they got some crappy kid who who couldn't who who the Rapids were forcing them to start and who couldn't hold water. Right. Yeah. Because I know we ran, kind of ran into it wasn't really exactly that situation last season with Dennis Castillo. It was just that we had to stick him at left back and yeah. he was really not suited to play left back. But when he when he did fill in for Joel Johnson at right back, he did really well. Yeah. It was, yeah. Two goals, right? Yeah. yeah. It was just a situation where. Uh, when we had him playing left back, he just really wasn't suited for that position. Yeah, ultimately. But but you know, I wouldn't say he was a disaster or anything like that. Yeah. No, he was a tweener. He was very much he he was I thought very capable of playing right back. The interesting and he actually fits in this year's Rapids better than last year's Rapids. Um, he was not a defend first right back. He yeah. he offered a lot of service um, yeah, from wide positions. But he, he, in terms of like 
um, last minute uh, final third defending was kind of his the area that he needed to to work on. Um, and yeah, and you flip him over to the other side and and make him left footed, and suddenly that becomes even harder. Yeah, we we saw that a couple times last year. Um, that's for yeah. sure. All right, we've got some Twitter questions uh, that we'll go into. You want to? You just you have them down. Yeah, so we'll just, your, you can just read off of your computer because I can't see that. Yeah, I got you. So uh, we've got a couple of different people that asked this question, but who are some players that you think, based on that information, as far as uh, I guess really the Rapids wanting to get players minutes that you may that we may see come to Charlotte? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, the first obvious one is Declan Wynn. So right back. Um, very, very fast, um, New Zealand international. Uh, and he, he's just probably, there's just probably too much depth for the Rapids. Additionally, he, uh, is a, as a New Zealand international, the team is a little full on internationals and would have to pay good money for a slot, which they may not want to do. Um, if you loan an MLS player who's an international to a USL squad, um, the, their international status doesn't count against you. So I think he's very likely to go to you. I think he's 22 or 23, um, and he has he has a lot to offer. Um, he'll he'll go to Charlotte if the team needs a right back and and will play him. Um, the second one who is I would say a virtual lock to go to Charlotte for uh, either most or all of the year is Caleb Calvert. Um, Calvert is depth at striker, um, but he doesn't have the finish and the polish. If Caleb Calvert had been a really good backup option for the Rapids, they would not have gone out and gotten Jack McBean in the offseason. So, um, and the the team knows that they don't want to put Caleb in an apartment in Colorado only to not make the 18 man roster every week. They would much rather him develop. Um, so it, I think it's almost a, a certainty that he will go to USL. And I think because he's already played with Charlotte, he's likely to go back to Charlotte. Yeah, um, we're kind of hoping he does. Cause right now we don't have a single forward on the roster. But. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we welcome him with uh, open arms. Very, very much so. That'd be nice. Your third, well, there's there's three more guys, and two are kind of out of outside chances, um, and the third is, I think, a better chance. Um, Nikki Jackson was the Rapids' fifth pick in the uh, 2018 MLS Super Draft. Um, he played for Grand Canyon University. He was the first player, uh, one of two only players ever from GCU ever to make it into MLS. Um, six foot one. 21 years old, very physical, very fast, um, scored a ton of goals for GCU last year in a not very strong uh, NCAA Division I conference. Um, but he looks like he has all the tools. Uh, he's, he's, just, he's a very classic NCAA player. He's physical, he's fast, he's raw. Um, he probably will need some technical development. Um, he, he's very good. And I, I think the likelihood that he sticks with the Rapids is low. Right. Um, he, he, for me, he projects just like Dominic Baji, almost identically physical, fast fourth round pick. Uh, and Baji spent 2015 with you guys. So I think expect a, a redo of that all over again. The last two are the Rapids second round pick. Um, who is a goalkeeper. His name is Thomas Olson out of the university of San Diego. It's possible he'll end up with you. He hasn't really seen any minutes, um, for Colorado in the preseason yet, which leads me to believe that maybe he's been quietly dropped. Um, but he's, he has a pedigree. Um, he was, I think, uh, a U.S. U 19, uh, international. Um, I mean, he was on a roster with, I think, Christian Pulisic and some other guys back in the day. Right. So um, he's a very talented, or he was a very talented goalkeeper who didn't quite progress, I think, at the rate that folks wanted him to. Um, so he may wind up in Charlotte, or he may not stick with anybody and, and might wash out altogether. And the last guy 
is someone who you had uh, with the team last year who I don't think started but played um, kind of on the on the reserve squad, which is Kainoa Likewise. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kai Likewise is a, a Rapids product. He played with the academy. Um, he's a homeschooled kid. So uh, he was kind of like a senior in high school last year. And rather than spend a senior year of high school training with the Rapids, uh, he, they just said, why don't you go to Carolina and train with them? And maybe you'll get some game action. So um, I think Kai likewise projects as a very likely third goalkeeper for the Rapids someday. I thought it might be this year, but I think the technical team wants him to have another year. I mean, he's only 18 years old, so but he's a big kid. Um, he's talented. He's very, very physically able. Um, so I think he might wind up with you guys as a backup keeper or a third stringer. Yeah, I think he, he was our primary backup keeper last season. He never saw the field. I think uh, Cody Mizell only missed one game, and our it was kind of a situation where our, we had three keepers, uh, but Ty was always on the bench uh, rather than, our I guess, our backup, our regular backup. Yeah. Uh, Renfro. Yep, Renfro. But we never really figured out who he was till very late in the season. We, we always saw the name, but we, you know, it was one of those where the, the, the team probably kept it hush-hush maybe because he was an academy guy, and they, they don't, I don't know if they're allowed to announce that or not because Sam Vines was the same situation. I think Sam Vines was with us for, like, the last three months of the season, and we didn't know it until, like, the off or the postseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the other uh, there's a couple long shots for you guys, which is Court Ford uh, might get dropped down just because the Rapids have signed so many center backs. I think it's unlikely. I think he, you know, he wouldn't take to it very well, um, but it's possible. Kip Colvey is a, a left back. Um, he, I think, projects for the Rapids as their number two left back. But you know, who knows? At a camp, they may decide that um, somebody else should be the left back, like for instance, Dylan Serna and Colby should get stashed in Charlotte. Um, and I guess the last, you know, possible guy to go for you guys is Sam Hamilton, who the Rapids picked in the draft last year. He's a DU kid, um, uh, Denver University. Um, he's a defensive midfielder, uh, very stay-at-home, very protect-the-castle. Um, doesn't give you a lot in offense, but he really shields the back line very, very well. Um, he played last year for Phoenix, and I think that was another case of uh, he'll get more minutes for Phoenix than he will for Charlotte. Um, but if the team is in need of a D-mid, then you, maybe you'll see Sam. Um, I like him a lot. He's tall. Um, I've seen him play for two years. I saw him play when he played for DU. Um, just very, very calm on the ball. He actually probably needs to learn a little bit more urgency of getting rid of the ball, and he harasses very well. He's very, very big uh, and very, very talented physically. So um, those are a lot of options, uh, but I think you know you'll definitely see at least three of those names I threw out with the team this year. Okay. Yeah, Courtney Ford at one point followed us on Instagram. He doesn't anymore, so I don't know. <laughs> I, when I first saw that, I was like, hmm, maybe this is maybe he's been told that he's coming to Charlotte. But I thought that was odd because he played a lot of minutes last season. Yeah. I think he's. I, I saw, saw you guys signed like six center backs. Yeah, I think he's great. I, I absolutely, I mean, I think the future of the Rapids is in Court's hands. Uh, that being said, like, he has a brand new coach, and his coach may not rate him. And if his brand new coach doesn't rate him, maybe the technical staff that's been with the Rapids for a while says, Court, you know, like, go down to Charlotte. Someone will see how great you're doing. Either we'll call you back or you'll get sold on to another team. And, you know, well, so we'll see. But I, I do think he's likely to stick with the team. I actually think he's likely to be in the regular rotation at center back. Yeah, I think he's been playing a lot in the preseason. I think I've seen his name pop up a lot. Yeah, um, it's just there's a lot of depth there. That's the challenge for him. What do you think as far as the time that Enzo's got and especially the, the quotes that you were able to get from the technical director, what do you think the chances are that Enzo either starts the season or there, there's any chance that he is with the Rapids at all during the season? Um, my guess is that he will play for the Colorado Rapids for all of 2018. That's, that's my bet. Um, and the reason is pretty simple in that the Rapids are going to play a 5-3-2, almost certainly. Their options at those three center midfield positions are 
not uh they're they're pretty they're all one kind of thing mm-hmm. um they're because the rapids under pablo Mastroeni played a five uh, a four two three one that meant that they had a lot of defensive midfielders then the rapids went out and in the offseason got another defensive midfielder so they've got jack price as a defensive midfielder they've got michael azira Nana Boateng is kind of an eight, and I think he could slot in, but um, but he's definitely more of a big physical defensive presence. What you don't have for the Rapids is a kind of collect the ball, pick out the pass kind of midfielder. They could drop um, Stefan Eigner into midfield, but he projects more as kind of a forward-looking player. Um, they could try Ricardo Perez as their other number 10, but he's real young and he has very few MLS minutes. And he didn't, honestly, I've looked at Enzo Martinez. Enzo Martinez looks better on the ball than Ricardo Perez. He has more big game experience. Um, and so I don't, you know, I think Enzo is has a possibility to be your first option off the bench as a midfield replacement for Colorado. Um, he even has, I think, an outside chance of being your opening day starter in as uh, an opening day starter, one of the midfield three, which is uh, high praise. Um, it either speaks really well to all the amazing work that Enzo did last year with the club, or it speaks really poorly to how bad the Rapids midfield creative depth is. Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, Enzo has been, you know, a top three player in the USL the last two seasons. So it's yeah. we're not surprised to see him go, but uh, it's it's definitely uh, not. I don't know. It's bittersweet, I guess. It is, yeah. For it's, sure. It's one of those things where it's exciting because one of our players is going up to the next level, and we've really developed him. He's been our player for the longest time there. But then again, we already don't have very many people on the roster and we definitely don't have an Enzo that we can just pluck out of thin air. He's an irreplaceable player. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, you probably have either talked about or you've already read or seen uh, is um, that I think it was one of the coaches for Charlotte mentioned that it's kind of bittersweet also, but it's, it's it's a net plus for your club in the sense that you have a player who did really well and then was able to make the jump to MLS. Yeah. So that allows your, you know, if he makes the jump as we think he will, um, it allows your coaching staff to call people's agents or call other players and say, we get guys to MLS. You're not going to, you're not stuck in some dead end job with like, you know, some mid tier NASL club that, probably is going to fold next week anyways um you're 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 getting an audition for the colorado rapids when you play for the charlotte independence which is you know maybe that's overblown but um it's still a, a nice opportunity yeah that's true um so that's really all the twitter questions we have uh, do you have anything any other questions you could think of not I mean, this has been, no, you've been tremendously yeah. helpful as far as just expanding upon the, the relationship, and and you've done a great job, so thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, no, there was one more question oh, from Zach. Uh, sorry, one more question. This one's from Zach. It's, uh, it's how do the Rapids fans feel about the relationship between Charlotte and, uh, and Colorado? Is it um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I don't know that most fans uh, – think deeply about it um i would say that the overwhelming uninformed opinion or uneducated opinion is a general regular complaint which is why don't the rapids just start their own usl team or why don't the rapids affiliate with the colorado with colorado springs switchbacks and that's totally selfish for rapids fans just because they want to see these kids they want to see them play um they want to be able to, you know, Colorado Springs is an hour away. Um, they want to be able to drive down the highway and catch um, the next big rising star for for MLS down the highway. 
Um, there's a really simple answer for that, uh, which either you guys know or have talked about, or maybe I'm spilling the beans, but uh, the, the really poorly held secret is that the Rapids and the Switchbacks management teams have a terrible relationship. They have not been able to line up in any meaningful way, and only on rare occasion have the Rapids been capable of having a conversation with the Switchbacks uh, to loan a player. Um, although my favorite example was uh, two years ago, the Switchbacks had an exhibition match um, against Mainz 05, uh, which is a Bundesliga first-tier team. Um, and uh, very mysteriously, while I was, I went down to the game. It was a great match to watch. The um, uh, Mainz won eight to nothing. Uh, just total, total put a hurting on them real bad. It was awesome. Um, but just very quietly without any fanfare with all, with zero press releases, four Colorado Rapids bench players, uh, started for my, for, um, for the switchbacks that day. Um, and it wasn't a loan deal and it wasn't, it was just a very quiet, like you're going to go, you're going to play against the Bundesliga team. Um, I think it was Dennis Castillo, Dominic Badgey, Marlon Hairston, you know, a lot of guys who were kind of squad. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was cool to watch, but it was also um, it was also rare, you know, in the sense that like there's a good reason the Rapids don't send those guys regularly down there, um, which is that like uh, Colorado Springs doesn't want to give them minutes. Colorado Springs doesn't want to be the Rapids minor league team, um, and they can't work out uh, a good deal. And the Rapids and Charlotte has. Well, that's you know good enough for us, I guess. Yeah, it, it does seem like Charlotte and Colorado have a much better working relationship. It's not just uh, thoughtlessly sending players down. It seems like, yeah. as you've explained, that you know, if we have a need and Colorado can fill it, it seems like that's kind of the situation. It's not really, hey, here's this kid, start him over you know this guy that is really good for you, type of thing. Right. You're not our USL two team in the sense that like. We would, I think, in a, in our dream world, if for rap for the Rapids, not and it wouldn't be in the best interest of Charlotte, Colorado would dump six players on Charlotte every year and force the technical staff to play them, whether they like to or not. And I would say, you know, to some degree, it's fortunate that that's not the arrangement. You know, that you don't have to get stuck with four third round draft picks who aren't actually that good at soccer. Who you have, who you're expected to play, and the other piece that goes with that that's interesting is how the whole relationship started in the first place, which is probably that the Rapids started putting their feelers out there in the world for um, youth teams going back in I think to 2009 and 2010, um, and they they pretty much like affiliated or or bought and rebranded uh, a team in Carolina, which is they were called North Mech. Um, soccer club and then they became um the um carolina rapids yeah um, i've always been interested about that because i i mean we, we i see the stickers everywhere yeah. i'm we're in I'm, i live in north charlotte so i i see a lot of the stickers i see the uniforms out everywhere and i'm just like how in the world did carolina rapids uh, you know come a, make become sense a thing but so yeah all right well we're how wrapping things up here with the rapids rapids rabbi uh do you have anywhere you want us to plug uh, for our listeners who can kind of keep up with your work. Yeah, if you guys want to hear more about uh, Enzo Martinez or anybody with the Colorado Rapids right now who might wind up with the Charlotte Independence, you can check us out at burgundywave.com. Uh, we also have a podcast, or I run a podcast with another um, writer in the Colorado area, uh, Matt Pollard, with Last Word on Soccer. Um, and that podcast is called Holding the High Line with Rapid and Red. So, Rapid and Red? Sorry, Rabbi and Red. Uh, that's, what happens, that's what happens when you finish all your Johnny Walker Black. You start making less and less sense. <laughs> well, thank you but so this, much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, you guys. This was a blast. And, and we'll, if there's ever any uh, you know, moves, we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on sometime. That'd be awesome. All right, thank you. And we are back. Uh, thank you so much to the Rapids Rabbi for joining us. That was excellent. Uh, we really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. Um, 
were you, there any big takeaways that you got, Ben? Uh, the biggest thing for me is just the amount of uh, behind-the-scenes communication that goes on. Because I've like like I said in there, I've always been kind of afraid that we'd get a Kanoi likewise, who's a younger player or more undeveloped player, uh, and we'd have to start him over a player that is better, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really nice to know that we're not in a situation where we're a, just a straight-up development team for the Colorado Rapids where we're affiliated loosely, but enough so that if we need a striker, we can get a, a Caleb Calvert. Um, mm-hmm. And if there's there's different pieces we can get that we can we can get them. And we're not, and especially that we're not um, locked into getting players that we just don't need. Yeah, uh, which is really nice. Um, that's a, something I really I'll take away from that. Uh, what about you, Alex? Uh, kind of going off of what you said, I think he described it really well when he said that it's really more of a relationship than it is an affiliation. Yeah. Um, I think there's really a negative connotation that gets tossed around in the USL circles with the MLS uh, affiliations. I think a lot of people, if you want to kind of discredit USL, you say like, oh, it's just a farm team for such and such. Yeah. Uh, but but I'd, I, I think that's pretty unfair for the most part, I think even if even on the two teams, if you look at their rosters, I would say a lot of the times, maybe only half of those players are technically um, like development players, uh, development like, like yeah. loaned from. No, the it all depends club. on what you want to do with teams too, because you see the Red Bulls too, who are almost entirely development players or younger yeah. players, that kind of thing. You have the the Steel, who have some mixed in players with some some veteran players and some younger players and uh, different USL experiences. So it depends on what you want to make it from with that relationship, which is really nice. And then the biggest benefit you can say, which I don't know how you can really argue against is seeing a player of Enzo's caliber, getting the chance to go to MLS, because you think about it. If, if we were not on that stage or didn't have that affiliation with the MLS, like if we were in maybe even NASL or just a different league, well, he may not have that bridge there, and he yeah. wouldn't have the eyes on the him. The eyeballs, big time. Exactly, um, which is huge because, I mean, there's different leagues he could be playing in, but he wouldn't have that direct partnership and that opportunity that it would be afforded to him. So that's that's the biggest th- – another thing I'll take away uh, from the interview there is that we've – not we, but the team has developed a player such as Enzo, and that's huge. That's huge. Like, he's, like the Rapids Rabbi said in the interview – it's really cool to see um, what that'll do for the team in the long term. If it does happen, I mean, you never yeah, know this, at this is point, still an if. I mean, he's yeah. not signed a contract or anything with Colorado. But uh, was today that friendly, or was it yesterday? Um, I think it was yesterday. Where yeah. uh, Enzo started and played the first sixty minutes mm-hmm. of that friendly down in Arizona against uh, Sporting, Sporting Arizona, Arizona, I believe, like of that. the UPSL, I think, mm-hmm. um, and they won. Eight or nine nil. It was nine. It was yeah. Enzo did not score unfortunately, but I think there were a couple of he tweets score I on the saw. Board, but let's, well, let's just, he probably assisted every goal, even mm. when he wasn't on the field. He, I don't know. They, I don't know if they really kept track of assists. I don't recall seeing that. Caleb Calvert did score though. Um, he did score, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's impressive that he's now played in all three games. He yeah. got thirty minutes in the first two, and then sixty minutes in the second one. To me, that signals that his uh, obviously, his trial is going really well. Yeah. Um, and and the you know the coaching or the technical direct, sporting director, I forget the guy's title. Uh, mm-hmm. His quotes, you know, they were very telling. We we said that in the last episode. It was very telling, uh, the way he spoke about Enzo. Um, and you know, no matter what happens, we are Enzo's biggest fans. Yeah. Even if he's going to be in Colorado, like I think I don't know if we said this on the air last week, but we'll be first in line to grab those. Enzo Martinez jerseys. Yeah, those new um, we'll uh, have crisp to get, kits they got. We'll have to get it a home in on a way. Yeah. To go with our Enzo Martinez shirt, which you should go to jacksonmilitia.com and sign up to uh, to support Jackson Militia mm-hmm. and get your T-shirt. I'm going to plug that one again and again and again until <laughs> yeah. they stop printing them. Um, it'll just go in our Enzo collection. So yes. um, we'll kind of – wrap up this episode because that interview was went a lot longer than we thought but it was really good that tons it, of good content yeah great yeah. content we did say we we're going to try to keep these episodes shorter uh but since this is a monday episode we're gonna kind of play with it 
So uh, there were a couple questions that we missed last week, and I think we ended up answering on Twitter. Uh, they were both from Jason. One of them was uh, Sadie's trying to be on the podcast <laughs> all night. She was doing this during the interview, too. Sorry, guys. Um, uh, Jason asked last week something about VAR, like if we wanted to have all of our games uh, perfectly. This was more of a soccer broad, yeah. uh, but we will kind of address it quickly. I did give my thoughts on it, but you didn't have a chance to give yours because uh, you don't have access to the Twitter. I don't. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll answer that here. It was something around – I don't have the tweet exactly in front of me, but it was like, yeah. do we prefer to have our games uh, be perfectly refereed with VAR um, or is part of the fun – discussing, uh, you know, w is it a PK, is it offside, that kind of thing. So I'll let you give your thoughts and I'll give mine. See, my thing is, and I, I know which game we're referring to, is the This was af right after the Liverpool-Spurs uh, game, Spurs which game, was crazy. Yeah, I can't remember who Liverpool played. But my thing is, and you saw it in that they were discussing the play back and forth. And I, I know it would be a little bit longer on the pitch of them discussing it with the video board and all that kind of thing. But I feel like if you're going to take that bit of time to discuss it with the other referee, you might as well get someone coming in and talking in your ear mm -hmm. to discuss it further. Because as you see in that Liverpool game, the right call was not made. Um, now, granted, mm -hmm. VAR may not completely correct that, but ultimately you'd get another level of protection so that – I guess you could say so fans aren't complaining about the referees as much. And ultimately, if you're going to see it on the level of the EPL where calls are not going to be made right consistently, it's not going to be, it's still not going to be as good on the USL. So why not have that layer of protection there as far as I'm concerned? But of course, there's always the argument of the purists for soccer that want the game to be quick and flowing, which I'll admit I love that's that's what's what drawn me in about soccer is that it's quick, it's flowing, it's fast paced. So really it depends on what you want to see. I mean, yeah. Yeah. My thought is we've got the technology. Uh, why not use it? You know, yeah. VAR is still in its infantile stages. Uh, they're still figuring out how to implement it, how to use it, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you, it was funny. You said, that the right call was not made. I think if, even if you have VAR in that game specifically, I don't think it overturns either one of those calls. I think yeah. it was a mm. penalty kick both times. I know there was a there was an offside shout both times, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. We won't go too into that because that's really not our scope. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I, my, my theory is VAR is there to get the big calls correct. Mm -hmm. Offside that calls incorrectly given that lead to a goal – uh, or vice versa, not given that results in a goal being taken off the board. Thing game changers, you know, red cards yeah. incorrectly given yellow cards. That's this. That's the theory. That's the spirit of VAR. We don't have to go and review every foul. We don't have to go and review uh, yeah. every every penalty. I even. don't think we need to go as far as what the NFL does in every single call and every single touchdown right. and every single thing is reviewed and and takes a little bit of time here and there because if we get to the point of what the nfl is now then it'll just it'll kill fans honestly yeah. um but if that, there yeah. is a goal scored and that guy was offside i don't want that goal to count mm -hmm. whether it's my team scoring the goal or the, the opposing team especially yeah. if it's the opposing team though mm -hmm. yeah so just i would like to have the technology and and just like we disagree about var it being the correct call in that Liverpool game, yeah. we're still going to have disagreements even with VAR. Yeah. So there's still going to be that fun uh, back and forth banter. You know, banter, whatever you want to call it, argument, debate about you know the rule of the law versus the spirit of the law. All those kinds mm -hmm. of things are still going to apply even with VAR. Just get the obvious things right. That's yeah. If there's a if there's a clear dive. That gets given as a penalty. Please clean up diving. I can't like don't it. don't give it as a pe you know go to yeah. VAR. You see that there's no contact and this guy, you know, dove. Go back, give him a yellow card for diving. Mm -hmm. No penalty. Those kinds of things. Those really big yeah. calls. Um, that kind of thing. So that kind of wraps up that question. I yeah. want to. And now we cut down on the time that we have to talk about referees on this show, which we're going to try not to do this season. Um, Cross our fingers. And the other question that I really was excited about and then completely forgot during the podcast was uh, what 
realistic European team do you want to see come to Charlotte for a friendly? Um, I've kind of tossed around a few names. Ben's going to toss around a few names. Uh, why don't you go first, Ben? So as far as realistic goes, I guess we got to look like bottom half of the table for either like EPL or Bundesliga, which is what I'm going to look at because those are the only two leagues that I mildly pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd love to see – Somebody that we can really get behind. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing. Is it? See, I want to. I know it's not Hamburger, but that's what it's written as. It's Hamburg, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Bobby them. Woods Club. Bobby Woods Club, even though he's not been playing very well he's this not, year. Nope. I wouldn't mind seeing like a Hoffenheim, but I think they're probably too far up there. Um, I would love to see a Bundesliga team. Honestly. I would too. I, um, I know me and you are are kind of. Not so closeted Bundesliga fans. Yeah. Um, more so maybe than EPL fans. I think we both are. Yeah. While we're both Arsenal fans, we we tend to if we're just watching a match for entertainment, we kind of. If it's go a neutral match, I'm more than likely gonna watch a Bundesliga yeah. game because I'm I just similar. Like unless it's unless it's a really big game between like a top two, three, four team mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but as far as EPL teams go, I mean, I guess I'd like to see. I wouldn't mind seeing like a Newcastle. Um, well, they may not be in the EPL after this season. So. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's they the thing. You have to find line. it. You have to find that just avoids relegation type squad. Yeah. I mean, Everton we could see because they're kind of in the middle there. Um, that would be a huge draw, I think. Everton would be. Everton might be too big. Um, yeah. I know Matt Garner would love that. Yeah, he'd probably just die. Um, he'd probably have to. Come I don't know to if the, he would die. <laughs> well, he wouldn't <laughs> die. I, would, I don't want to say that too bad, but he'd probably come to the the field with a kit that's like half Everton, half Independence, which just seems like a lot of work. Um, but yeah, I, I you never know with these things. I mean, Swansea I wouldn't be opposed to again. I mean, that did a, a bit of big drawing. That'd be cool, but I mean, it'd be cooler if it was maybe somebody different, because uh, Swansea did come just two seasons ago, or yeah, two seasons ago. So. The, kind of the ones in my mind are uh, maybe like a Huddersfield town if they avoid relegation. Um, I think we one of the names we tossed around in Slack was Stoke. Uh, they're right yep. in the midst of a battle. They've got Jeff Cameron, uh, who mm-hmm. released an awesome play, Players Tribune article the other day. Yeah, I um, really well written. You should check it out. It's, okay. it's um, his thoughts on U.S. soccer. Mm. Which you know whether you agree with them or not is still a really interesting article. Yeah. Um, maybe what was the other one that got tossed around? I wouldn't mind Brighton Hove Albion. That'd be cool. Brighton I, would be I cool. I just like the name too. That's a fun name. Yeah, they have a uh, cool badge too with the with the eagle or a seagull, not an eagle. Seagull, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. A wannabe. It's eagle, been a long maybe. night. <laughs> um, but no, my the, the two that I really would like. Um, one of them is probably not happening, or is, is definitely not happening. That's Schalke. I would love to see Schalke. Schalke would be uh, crazy. With, with a lot of the u- young Americans that they have coming mm-hmm. through. Weston McKinney, uh, Haji Wright, Nick Tatagui. Weston These are guys off of your radar, yeah. Um, and then maybe a Werder Bremen. That might be a little more on the realistic side because they're, yeah. they're a lot lower in the table. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a young American, Josh Sargent, who just signed for them. He's, oh, yeah, 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 he's playing. I think that, he's yeah. playing, training with the first team and playing with the U23s or U19s. Gotcha. Okay, so he's getting playing time. Cool. Um, I'm hoping he'll debut with the first team like late in the season or something, kind of like Weston McKinney did last season. But that's a little bit beside the point. Um, but this is a, this was a really fun question. That's kind of why I wanted to go back to it. Um, yeah. A couple of those teams, I, I don't know. That we'll see one. Um, Who's it, your dream scenario in the in, in in if you could pick anybody in Bundesliga? So not in, realistic. I mean, like we can't do Arsenal, like because that's not going to happen. But like, well, they are owned by the same guys who owns the Colorado Rapids. So you're telling me there's a chance. So there is a chance. Make although the call, somebody. Although it's funny, they've never even played a scrimmage in Colorado. So that, that's a good point. It's, they're probably um, not coming. Or I said scrimmage. I I'm sorry. Friendly. Friendly, yeah. Because it's different. A friendly is different than a scrimmage. Um, Who's keeping track of rules at this point? I well, I, I don't know that it's a rules. I think it's just like an intensity type thing. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I think Huddersfield Town is probably along the level of a squad we're probably looking at. Oh, they're going to get relegated, though. Boom. You think so? I mean, they're looking. Okay, I guess well, they could I, honestly. As long as, it's not, as long as it's not West Brom. I, I don't even care. As long as it, if it's a championship team, I don't care. Like yeah. that would be that would still be cool, 
someone with like a history of like a Leeds United mm-hmm. or someone like that who's maybe mid-table to upper championship level or maybe one of the teams that gets promoted that would be really uh, cool. from the championship. I think cool Wolves is kind of running away with it at the moment. But you know, I I'm not I'm not super picky. I think it's going to be fun no matter I who it is. I just want to be able to go to the game. Whoever it is um Yeah, I think it was in July, right? Because it's around that preseason for the for European teams. So it, yeah. I think it falls right in July, and it'll be right in the heart of our season, uh, which is good and bad. I think it, you know, mm. I think it'll be a great draw for fans. Because, yep. like we were saying, no matter who it is, as long as there's even some name recognition, I think it's gonna get it's gonna sell out. You know. It's going to be a huge Swansea hit. City can when they were just about – weren't they almost going to get relegated that year? I, I don't – Maybe not. I don't, I don't remember two seasons. Yeah, that was yeah. a while ago. <laughs> but they – Either way, Swansea City is maybe not like a top-billing team, and they no. still uh, – they sold out uh, Ramblewood somehow. Yeah. Um, Another thing to consider is it, if the team has some American owners, because that's – Swansea's owners or ownership group is American. So that another thing to kind of think about. Yeah. Um, I think West Ham has come to the United States a lot in the last couple of seasons. I think they played uh, NCFC last season during their summer tour they and did. the Kickers, Richmond Kickers. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that's probably another possibility. Mm. Um, but yeah, just I, like I said, anybody with name recognition, I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, anybody who's going to get people out that we can kind of showcase the independence will be a good thing. Yeah. Um, Cause that's ultimately what those games are They're mm-hmm. They are a marketing tool for the independence. And if they can leverage it and get some people to come back for the USL games, it, it's a winner. Um, win, win. Yeah, absolutely. So those are the two questions we missed uh, last week. And there is one more question that we wanted to do um, as n- not as part of the interview, just because it's more of a question for us than it is for the R- Rapids Rabbi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the question from Ryan Parker. Yeah, I've got it right here, and it says, do the Rapids have an ownership stake in Indy, and would resident perspective of Indy change if it was fully independent club? Um, I don't think that the Rapids have any ownership stake in the independence. Yeah. Um, I, sound d- like I didn't fact check that. <laughs> I didn't go in and look, uh, try to find out who every single owner is. Um, but I, I'm almost positive that they have no – there's an affiliation, but it has not, they're, they're, there's no money exchanging hands. Um, like and would the resident perspective of Indy change if it was a fully independent club? Um, me and you, I think, disagree on this. Okay. I, don't, I don't think it would at all. Um, I don't think that us being an MLS – or affiliated with an MLS club is – keeping anybody from coming to the independence games uh if you don't <laughs> if it is it's kind of silly it's gonna be a because hot take. no it, it's not a hot take it's just if that's if an affiliation with the rapids them loaning us one or two players uh is keeping you from coming out to support the independence i, I feel like your problem is not with the and like it, it's two yeah. players like mm-hmm. it's not like they like Rapids Rabbi was saying it's not like they're sending us six, seven guys that we must start every week. We are in a we're in a, we are an independent club with an affiliation. Yeah, we're and not, honestly we're in a better point than a completely independent team. Yeah, because we point. it's a symbiotic relationship. It, yeah. it basically, you know, we needed a striker last year. They sent us Caleb Calvert. We need yeah. a striker this year. They're hopefully probably Please going send to send us, us Caleb, Caleb Calvert. Calvert. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, if I, I just don't think that that is on anybody's mind. I think the level of fan that w- that the independents need to reach isn't that isn't that um, not occupied. Uh, the level of fan that that the independents needs to it? right that yeah. isn't worried about it isn't really thinking about it. Don't may, may not even know anything about it. Yeah, you know, they independents need to reach more casual fans than anything mm-hmm. um and casual fans aren't going to know all the goings on of lower division soccer in the united states it's a complicated world there's a lot of barriers to entry and finding <laughs> out all this stuff yeah so I, I don't think there's anybody who's saying oh 
you know, they've got an affiliation with an MLS club. I can't go see. I can't support that. Like, That's where I, I draw the line. I just don't think so. But you, I think, had different thoughts. So yeah. why don't you give so your thoughts? I think. I mean, I think if you were to look at us and compare, like, if we were to start off and be completely independent, and and because we, I mean, you you can draw two different parallels between where we are now and I guess where Louisville is because we started in the same year. And Louisville is getting a soccer-specific stadium. Um, they're they're selling. They're nearly selling out uh, the baseball field they play in, uh, Slugger Field, and we're not really doing that. Uh, but I don't think. I think if you were to ask a Louisville fan, and an Independence fan, why do you support this club? I don't think they're gonna, a Louisville fan is going to say, "Oh, I support this club because we're completely independent. We have no uh, affiliation with any MLS team. That's why I support this team." And I don't think you're going to find that an Independence fan is going to say, "Oh, I do or don't support this team because of that." And I think ultimately the uh, the interview we just had with the Rapids Rabbi clears up a lot of misconceptions that there may be about the connection that I may have had that the casual fan could have um, if you – because ultimately we're not going to get, like I said and that we've talked about and he said, we're not going to get a Kanoi likewise that's going to start all of last year over Cody Mazel that we want to have play. Um, I mean, we, but we've seen kind of different bits of that in the past, honestly. But I don't think the, I don't think the, the thought process of, oh, we're a development team for the Rapids carries any weight. It just doesn't. I mean, and ultimately you can, we can, you can draw a parallel between we're an affiliation and there's a benefit of seeing, oh, I've seen Enzo Martinez play in Charlotte, North Carolina, or Matthews, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. Or Rock Hill. Or Ro- yeah. I've seen various places Enzo Martinez seen him play, play all over the Carolinas. <laughs> but ultimately you can say as a fan, I've seen that, and then he went and played in the MLS potentially, which is all hypothetical at this point. But I think it's really cool as, an, as a USL fan to say that I've seen, for reference's sake, um, and this is completely not an affiliation at all, so it's a different thing, but you, I've seen Mark Anthony Kay play for Louisville, and now he's going to go play in LAFC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a kind of a – and it's almost like the, the friendly type situation. I've seen Swansea City player, whoever, play in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then he's going to go over in the EPL. You kind of draw a connection there too, which I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, that's my take. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely a point of maybe not a point of pride, but it's definitely cool to say, Oh, that Marlon Harrison just got called up to the United States men's national team. He exactly. played, he played a lot of, or a handful of games in Charlotte enough minutes in yeah. 2015. I think, um, Dominique yeah. Badgie, who we talked a little bit about, um, being that really good story for the Rapids, he played a few games in Charlotte as well, scored a couple goals. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool to see guys whether they start and be a Charlotte player and then move up, like in in the, is the case with Enzo Martinez, yep. or if it's a loan situation like Caleb Calvert. Mm-hmm. It's cool to watch Caleb Calvert play for the Rapids and score goals because uh, he spent so much time here, so he kind of yeah. feels like he's one of our players. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's definitely cool. I think there's positives. And like I said, like if you if you think if you're if what's holding you back from supporting Charlotte Independence is that affiliation, I think maybe you're just looking for an excuse not to support Charlotte. Yeah, uh, because the benefits far outweigh the negatives, which I, there really aren't any negatives at this point. I, I mean, there I can be it. a couple of negatives, like say if Caleb Calvert comes down here and scores ten goals in the first couple months of the season, and the Rapids want to call him up, I, you know. There can be drawbacks. Uh, like one of the biggest drawbacks is we might lose our best player to the Rapids. But yeah, it's being, valid. I mean, it's we're a second division club. I think that's mm-hmm. going to happen no matter what. We support the club. We don't support. I mean, we do support the individual players for sure. Yeah. But we are Charlotte Independence fans. Yeah. And so we are. We selfishly would love to have Enzo Martinez leading our team. But when we when he goes and gets a better opportunity playing first division, uh, you know that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, it's a point of pride for me at least. I would um, think so. I would agree with that. So I, I I think the independents have issues getting people to come out and support the team. I don't think having an affiliation with the Rapids is one of them. Yeah, I don't think it ultimately would have changed anything as far as like if if we would have gone in when Louisville did and 
not had an affiliation, I don't think it would have changed anything. I, I, I don't I don't believe that. It, not drastically, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of puts a bow on that question. Uh, thanks for all of your questions. Yes, um, it, we you. didn't really shout out anybody's Twitter names, but thank you to uh, Chris Davis, Zach Dyke, um, Garrett Beaver, Ryan Parker, and Charles Houston. Anybody else? Oh, Charles didn't ask a question. I was about to say, did he? Sorry, I was just going through our notifications. Shout out to you anyway. And no Charles. thanks to Gary for bringing up the North London Derby. Darby. Excuse yeah. me. Too soon. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, we'll see everybody. Well, by the time you're listening to this, we will have seen you at the OMB meeting tomorrow because <laughs> it's Saturday uh, and this will be coming out on Monday. So, uh, once again, we are talking jacks find us on instagram we are going to be pushing that congratulations to richard the winner of our first instagram contest he won the issue of howler magazine um and it has been delivered at the time of you listening to this Um, we'll keep your eyes peeled we'll probably do some enzo martinez shirt giveaways some scarf giveaways hopefully that kind of thing uh so yeah you know tell us what you want uh we didn't get a lot of action on this giveaway so Obviously, the Howler magazine was maybe not as popular as I thought it would be, um, and that's fine. Uh, give us feedback. What do you want to see us give away um, in contests? That w- that's a that's a huge thing that you guys can do to help us. Let us know. Yeah. If you've we got questions, uh, comments, concerns, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email. Um, all those can be found in the description of the episode, but it's – Talking Jacks. If you search Talking Jacks on any of those platforms, you'll find us, hopefully, um, or else the search function's not working correctly, or you're Just spelling remember, it wrong. there's no G in Talking. I think even if you put in Talking Jacks, it probably works with the G. Darn uh, it, branding. But you know what? If you if if you are putting the G, drop the G. That uh, we're getting a little long here. Um, do you have anything else sh- that we need to shout out, Ben? Oh. Uh, first preseason game. We need to keep plugging that. First preseason game pre-season is Sunday, game. February 25th, I believe, at 1 p.m. Did I get yes, that right? that sounds accurate. So that. hopefully we'll have a couple more episodes between now and then. Um, if there's an episode topic that you really want us to cover, we've you know, it's kind of dead right now. We've, 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 the roster is a little bit in, on a freeze. They've got open tryouts going on right now. We may get or some I may have been com- from them. Com- yeah, we may be hearing about that in the next few days, hopefully. Um, but until then, if there's something you really want to know about, let us know. Um, we may be able to do it. We may not. Uh, if not, sorry. <laughs> but if so, thanks. Um, I'm, I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. Maybe a little bit, but it's okay. Yeah. We all ramble sometimes. It's, it's, uh, it's been a long episode. It does. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you guys are the reason that we can continue to do this. So, yep. thanks for your support. Uh, if you would like to support us monetarily, like I said, you don't have to. We're not gonna, we're not gonna beg you for money. We're not gonna do this every week, but we just want to make you aware yeah. uh, that the Soccer and Sweet Tea uh, Patreon page is live now. Feel free to go check it out. Uh, if you really want something to be talking Jack specific, let us know, and we'll try to work something out uh, with our friends and family over at Soccer and Sweet Tea headquarters. Um, Thank you guys seriously so much. I'm, st- I'm sorry. No, it's okay. D- here, you do the sign-off. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening this part in the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to sign off now. And we'll talk to you soon.